Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, following the truth wherever it leads, exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites, revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality, coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. And welcome to another episode of Strange Planet. How far has MKUltra gone? It certainly didn't end with the destruction of records in the Church Committee of 1975. Serial generations of survivors are still being accessed and exploited. And my guest tonight, Ron Allen, is one of them. He's the author of 21st Century MKUltra Slave, a vintage transhumanism tale, and it's edited by Ilana Freeland, who has been on the program with us a number of times, and uh, Ilana, perhaps best known for her work on geoengineering, her geoengineering trilogy, including Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth, Under an Ionized Sky, From Chemtrails to Space Fence Lockdown, and Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetism, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology. Ron Allen, welcome, and Ilana Freeland, welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you. Ron, let me begin with you. When did you decide, and how did you decide, that you were going to come forward and tell this harrowing tale of being a, an MK Ultra slave? Right. Well, um, it's like being backed into a corner. You know, at some point, you, uh, you have to do something. Otherwise, you know, you're there defenseless. And so in 2000, 2001, I left the United States and I went down to Latin America and I lived there for 13 and a half years and things started getting intense with a few different things that we'll be talking about. But I came back after 13 years and the technology here in the United States had moved things up for me as far as being a targeted individual as well as the MK Ultra, and I had to do something and I was able to tell other people about what I was going through to see if anybody else was going through it. I had to dig deep and find out what it was exactly that I was going through. And in the course of all of that, I ended up making a video that the videographer, I met Delana through him, and then she and I started on my book. I had been writing, taking notes quite a bit until that point. So that was, um, the video was five years ago, and, and her and I started in earnest about two years ago. A life, you're a lifelong victim of Ultra. And when you went down to Central America, did that give you any respite from this torture or? Not really. Were you, is that why you went down? You were hoping that maybe you could escape? Okay, well, I pretty much had, had my fill of, it was just beginning when I was working in a high-tech job. And that's when I really started to detect that there was somebody external to me controlling me through technology. And it was slight, but it was happening and with no uncertainty. And 
at the same time, there was the election with uh, George W. Bush and Al Gore. And at the time, I saw that there was really a problem with the voting system in the United States that most people didn't really catch on to. I, I thought it was rather obvious myself, but it concerned me. And between that and the electronic uh, stopping of my heart, I bounced. I, I left, I packed up, I sold and moved down to Costa Rica, well, down to Mexico and then Costa Rica. Elena, most of my listeners will be familiar with MKUltra and uh, Project Bluebird and Artichoke and Monarch and so forth, but there may be some not deeply or overly familiar with, with MKUltra. Can you just kind of give us a, a brief summation of what MKUltra is all about? Yes, it, it started as a, an official program under the CIA in 1953. Uh, a lot had already been going on regarding mind control. Uh, it wasn't Mind control was not initiated by MKUltra, but it was turned into a technology uh, and uh, and it it had machines attached to it. It had um, drugs, certain drugs would do certain very exact things. And uh, and then there was the torture, which they called pain induction uh, in order to uh, force the personality out. Uh, of the body and uh, be able to program it separately from uh, what the person, from what the person felt that they, who they were. Uh, so it, it was really with Operation Paperclip when we brought the Nazis in from um, even before the war was ended. I mean, Ver people don't know this, but Werner von Braun, who was the head of our rocket program, uh, was actually an SS uh, officer uh, and extraordinary mind. He was brought in in 1937. So uh, they, they brought over their records from what they'd done in the concentration camps to various victims, not just Jews, but gypsies and Germans and, and everybody who was captured and, and inferior. Uh, and, uh, and, and, be through the Dulles brothers, that would be Alan Dulles, who was the very first uh, director of the CIA, the very new CIA in 1947, and his brother, who was Secretary of State, John uh, Foster Dulles. Through these two men, uh, they were able to scrub the records of all these uh, card-carrying SS Nazi types uh, and ensconce them in our our military bases, the best labs in the country, uh, hospitals, mental hospitals, uh, universities. I mean, you name it. We gave them carte blanche. We scrubbed their records. And, and they brought uh, MKUltra. And they also brought a lot of their technology uh, into what we now call directed energy weapons. And um, what's interesting about your case, Ron, is as an MKUltra victim, is you're, you're a man, obviously. Many of us are familiar with people like Kathy O'Brien and, um, you know, female victims of MKUltra. Elisa E. is also mentioned in the book. I think, I think she writes the foreword in the book and, and talks about her harrowing case. Maybe, Alana, you can explain why this is significant that we have a man coming forward as a victim of MKUltra as opposed to a woman. Well, I've always wondered why there were so many female victims coming forward, uh, but uh, no men, really. 
I knew that men were programmed, uh, obviously, as assassins, uh, as were the women, uh, but they were also programmed for many other things. And I just couldn't, never been able to figure that out. So when Ron came my way, uh, I, um, you know, even though I'm busy with other projects, I, I really felt compelled to help him get his story out because he's a male. And uh, in reading his manuscript that he sent me, I was able to see uh, how how different his programming was. It was it was as if he was vaguer on um, the details of of how it had been done to him over the years. Whereas, as you know, with the women's accounts, uh, they have a whole narrative that they come up with. And but it's but the women are are usually programmed for what I call relational things, uh, sex. Um, they are, uh, they're very charming. Uh, they, they're very verbal. Uh, there, there's many, many differences. Whereas the men uh, seem to me, I've only met a few who I really know are MK ultras, so a few males. Uh, and they're all uh, programmed as function, what I call functionaries. Uh, it's all about like in Billy Hayes. Billy Hayes is uh, the, known as the harp man. And I worked with Billy for two or three years uh, in writing about geoengineering because Billy had been an MK ultra survivor since he was a little boy. His father was CIA. And so he ended up being programmed uh, at the Dozier uh, Boys School uh, which is known for horrific things having happened there, much torture. But uh, very rarely will you come across anything that says that the CIA was programming boys there. Uh, and he would be taken out of class in elementary school and he would be programmed. He would be tortured first, drugged probably, and then they would inculcate this knowledge into him about electromagnetics, about the secret space program, about all the things that were top uh, secret, because of course, makes sense, doesn't it? They don't want these kids to talk. And so it's all sort of just stuffed in there. And then they pull it out as the, uh, the child grows up and then they send him to a high school and it's the same thing at Niceville High School in Niceville, Florida. He's pulled out of class over and over again and programmed to, after being tortured and drugged. So that was MK Ultra for males uh, who then, <clears throat> because they don't really know much more than the function for which they were programmed, they don't, they don't have the relational, emotional, kind of thing that the women, more the women are able to retrieve from their memories. They, they do know their, they know from A to Z, uh, their particular uh, technology that they were programmed in, they can pull it up just like that, just like they're reading from an encyclopedia. It's, it's, it was unbelievable to me what Billy would come up with. So in Ron's case, turns out, bingo, he also was involved with uh, some of the big players in technology, like Lockheed Martin. I mean, uh, he didn't he didn't know what had gone on there, in my opinion, uh, but I could see that they had put him there just as they used to use uh, other of these defense corporations that Eisenhower warned us about too late. Uh, they would use these places for programming uh, the males. Uh, and uh, it's just that, 
in in Ron's case, he didn't really remember much. And Billy Billy was under duress because he could not talk about any of that, though he and I would have this little secret language that we had now and then in order to say something to each other electronically, because we never met in the flesh. We were always on the computer together. So so that's my the extent of my understanding of male programming, other than uh, that book, Camellio, uh, whose author uh, escapes me right now, David yet or something. Uh, he also is talking about a guy who I am sure was programmed. So Ron, and again, just for the listeners, this idea of, of inflicting all of this trauma, either with torture or drugs to fracture the psyche, basically, and induce something called a disassociative disorder. So you can compartmentalize the mind and people can put certain information in certain parts of compartments in your mind, and you may have no waking memory of what's going on and so forth. So we had that kind of that the early stages with the mass trauma and, and torture and drugs and so forth. How did it work with you? I mean, what were you subjected to at an early age? Was it physical trauma? Was it drugs? Was it uh, high tech? So initially, the hospital that I was born at in Pennsylvania, the uh, Project Bluebird was there in 1950 or 51. And I was born there in 53. They separated me from my mother at birth. Uh, she didn't even see me. And my first 10 days were spent in the hands of the hospital. And through both uh, vivid memory dreams and regression therapy, some of those memories have returned during my first 10 days there at the hospital. And one aspect was the electro shock they uh through a regression therapy i was laying i saw myself laying on a either a bed a metal gurney or a metal some kind of counter and and i was shivering uh they're laying uh, i felt that shiver and then it occurred to me that it was pulse it wasn't uh from being cold. And I realized that that was uh, what was happening. I was being electrocuted. And I have seen somewhere on the internet, I saw a video of a, of a baby in MKUltra being electroshocked. And it was that. And uh, I've been looking for that video and I haven't been able to find it, but that's how it started. All right, we're gonna take a quick time out and uh, come back, discuss Ron Allen's harrowing ordeal, lifelong ordeal as a 21st century MK Ultra slave. Back with more of our conversation right after these. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as self-evident. Self-evident. You're listening to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. 21st century MK Ultra slave, a vintage transhuman tale. Ron Allen, an MK Ultra survivor. Alana Freeland, uh, also with us. She's uh, written the editor's note and 
we were talking about inducing convulsions. For what purpose? What were they trying to do? Was this induce some kind of telepathic abilities or why were they doing this to a a small baby? Right. Uh, When I was two months old, my mother told me that when I was two months old, I drowned. I fell into a swimming pool and I was pulled out by, uh, it was on the Navy base, and I was pulled out by a sailor and resuscitated. That's a little bit vague in my mind, but I, I believe her, I take her for her word that uh, I went through that trauma. And that is rather consistent with what people have experienced in their super soldier programs. There's a lot of them have said that they were drowned at one point, went through that. And these are, you know, whether it's fracturing the mind so that they can set up, you know, different personalities or something a little more devious in my case, I ended up, as is noted in the book, having a snake within me. And it either happened during my birth or at five years old, there was another incident at the Navy infirmary. And during the electronic convulsion, that's, you know, a lot of what they're doing when they do that is uh, not only splitting the, fragmenting the personality, but they're also covering up for something that they did so that you will not remember. And through my memory dreams, I have remembered some of what took place at that at that time. Elana, hey, talk to me about these control mechanisms now that were You mentioned, you know, drowning. It seems to me that people that have a near-death experience often come away with some sort of a psychic ability. Is there a connection there? Is that what they were trying to induce? Well, in, in Ron's case, I would, I would have to say that that is very possible because I think that uh, producing psychic effects in him has been one of the objectives uh, to whatever has been done to him over many, all these years, beginning at birth. But, but of course, you know, they have to begin at birth. It has to, it, it, it has to, uh, because you've got to get those reflexes in there. You've got to get that, that whole, uh, I mean, thinking of drowning and that rounds right. They, there are many victims who talk about being drowned, not just the super soldiers, but uh, many others. Uh, Elisa E. remembers being uh, underwater and breathing water. And uh, a few years ago, I sent her an article I had found from a scientific journal, wherein they talk about uh, exactly that technology. So, uh, you know, I think with Ron, uh, they, they were always interested, and you may remember this, Richard, it's called Operation Often. That was one of the 149 sub-projects under MKUltra. And Operation Often is all about uh, psychic ability, taking you to the very point of death, because they want to get a picture of what lies beyond death. They want to see, do you go off planet? Do you, uh, are you met by beings? Do you, what kind of memories will you have? So it, it, you know, they concentrated a lot of the trauma to get you very close to death in order to see if anything remained uh, of, uh, of whatever experience you had when you almost died, or maybe you did die and they brought you back. What's coming next is, you know, maybe difficult for people to 
to comprehend or to even believe. But I want to get into the idea of whoever these people are responsible for this, basically hijacking your your soul body or your astral body while you sleep, while you're in REM, and transporting your astral body to some deep underground military base, perhaps, uh, to what's called a cloning center. Ron, can you walk me through what that's all about? Well, it happens in sleep. Uh, There's another author who we found by the name of Donald Marshall. And uh, Donald speaks of cloning. His book uh, is basically about cloning. And his take is that what he calls REM cloning. And I've associated that with astral projection. Uh, But it happens, uh, I believe we're talking about the same thing. Uh, It happens at that point in sleep during REM. And my, before this started, I was, and that's been 10 years, or my dreams would just be normal dreams. I would dream about the day that I had or uh, somebody that, you know, I was uh, interacting with or whatever. And I wouldn't remember very many of them, and I didn't have very many of them. Uh, starting around 10 years ago, they started be- being a lot more vivid in detail as well as, you know, remembering faces, remembering situations and locations, occurrences. And they would, when I go into REM, I used to call it astral scraping because that's taken away from me. Uh, I am removed and taken uh, into a synthetic dream, somebody else's concoction. And this aspect of the clone is appears to be people that are created from the, the subject being me in this case. And the when I fall asleep, they take my consciousness, it gets as, it, as the astral is leaving during REM, they capture it and they put it into this clone. And then these escapades start. And there's been uh, assassinations, there's been uh, sex uh, parties, and uh, several different avenues for that. It's being performed by, well, it's your consciousness that's been transported to this clone. Elaine, is it Dr. Peter Beatty that talked about the ability now to fully clone a human like in nine months and they start by electronically stimulating just a couple of human cells? And Well, he, yeah, that's exactly it. And that's what uh, Donald Marshall also says is that all you need, he says, amazingly, is two cells from the host body. And then you electromagnetically are going to treat that not even for, I don't know, how many months did you say? I think he said, Donald Marshall says, two months is two all months. it takes. And you you get the person to, I mean, this is not a baby clone where you're cloning from the beginning and that person now is going to grow up. No, this is a specific programming uh, cloning, which happens with the way you are right then. So they're making multiple clones uh, at multiple ages. 
And the one doing the sexual escapades, as Ron called it, uh, that one that is uh, probably going through torture as well. And who knows what the, the, I mean, you know, the mind is boggled by these, these elites and others, technocrats who run these cloning uh, places where uh, anything goes. Uh, it's the clone that's undergoing uh, these, these strange shows uh, but the thing I wanted to bring up, and I'm not sure Ron will, is the the thing that really got me is there there are people who belong to clubs where they get schedules of where Ron's camper is going to be that night. And all these people show up in their RVs uh, and their SUVs with big screen TVs, and, and they're somehow paying probably a pretty hefty dime in order to get in on this uh, virtual show, uh, this virtual sex show that then proceeds. Uh, but I mean, this this is like, wow, this is like an American industry. I mean, that's what really got me when I first read the manuscript. So uh, Ronnie's subscribers uh, are watching the exploits of your clone, they've hijacked your astral body during REM, transported it to this, this clone. This clone is participating in all of these exploits and what they're subscribing on the dark web and watching all this just for their own personal gratification? Yeah, basically. Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's pretty well organized. Uh, you know, there has to be the alphabet agencies involved. Um, uh, but there's um, private investigators, there's uh, citizen informants, and the alphabet uh, agencies involved. I mean, and that, this is just one aspect of it, right? Because the sort of the uh, the exploitation... Uh, or for grant personal entertainment and so forth. The other aspect is there's a function, like a functionality, if they'll send you to Lockheed Martin to work, or uh, in the case of Billy Hayes, they'll send him to work on the harp installation, uh, or in the case of some women are used, uh, perhaps in a honey trap operation to blackmail politicians right. and, and so forth. Uh, we're going to take another quick time out and uh, get back with our uh, guests, Ron Allen. 21st Century MK Ultra Slave, Editor's Note by Alana Freeland. We'll be right back. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Elena, do we know where these cloning centers are? Well, do you remember... Uh was did Donald say where they were? It seemed like he said one was like in the Midwest or something. I remember something about that Midwest United States. Do you and, remember? Yeah, there was something up in Canada. I'm not sure what province it was, uh, but uh, uh, in his book, he got uh, rather specific about one place or a uh, uh, a major place. But there's others in Hollywood, I believe he was talking about. 
Yeah, and um, here, here's the cover, just so people can see. This is Donald Marshall's book. Very, very valuable, just a, a short, and he did the best he could. He had been a victim since he was a little boy uh, at these cloning centers, uh, and still is, as far as I know. Um, but the cloning centers, uh, it makes sense to me that they would be in dumps. But it also makes sense to me that, uh, like I was listening to someone talking about the Getty Museum, you know, where all the highbrows go to see art. Uh, and that there would be, you know, a great cocktail party uh, down under it. And uh, Donald describes that these cloning centers are where many acts are perpetrated on clones, uh, but also there there's more extensive lab type of uh, places in the cloning centers. So it has to be someplace big. What, Ron? I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah, it has to be somewhat big because of the lab element. They're, they're actually building the clones right there. So I, I, my picture of it, and I have, it's just, I have like, I, I see about 15 or 20 cloning centers around the big, huge United States, and maybe it's similar in Canada. What, what is the purpose of these clones? Uh, why, if they can control the mind of an individual, uh, why do they need to go to the trouble of creating a clone? Why can't they just take Ron wherever he is and do what they well, well, I, I, Yeah, I have a, I have a theory, uh, which is that, you know, instead of the old... Uh, drugs, hypnosis, and uh, and um, pain induction. That's the original system. That now they're moving to something even more kinky. Uh, that you you've got genetics involved now. It uh, and and Ron has dreams in which you know he'll see these all these people just sitting sort of like rag dolls, just completely inert. And then now and then one will awaken. I mean, very much like uh, X-Files or like, uh, uh, you know, the Star Wars uh, movies or something. It's very, very sci-fi, very kinky. Uh, and I think that if there's a business and you know how America is, I don't know how it is in Canada, but here uh, they make a business out of everything, make a money maker out of everything, profit, 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 money, 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 capitalism. So, uh, so, you know, maybe that is why they've gone this route as well, simply as it's unique. And how many clones now, I'll ask you something that may make you squirm a bit. How many clones are on the TV channels now? How many clones are these these so-called leaders that we're all listening to lie to us over and over and over. Uh, are they just doubles? Are they just guys in with those fantastic new masks that uh, like uh, the so-called president here wears? Uh, I don't know, uh, but if you had a clone, uh, I don't know if you'd know the difference. I, uh, you know, I don't know if I've even met clones. Maybe I have. Ron, when did you start to to piece this together? You mentioned at a certain point you you were able to determine that there was sort of this external uh, control happening to you. Um, I remember reading in the book where you would close your eyes and you would see like little uh, little like LED lights or something going off when your eyes were closed. Uh, when did you start to piece it together, and how? 
Well, like I say, 10 years ago is when it started. Um, and I was in Latin America, but that was uh, not technologically, uh, although they did use, um, they had that going on. Uh, they were also, um, the third eye, uh, I would actually see somebody's eyeball uh, when I closed my eyes. And then when I moved back to the United States, the eyeball was gone and it became a digital, uh, you know, light or uh, now it's either a, a little light or it's a dark spot. Uh, and they'll, uh, when I close my eyes, then it's a, a trigger to them that, uh, I'm about to go to sleep and I don't know when REM starts or when they, their job starts, uh, but it's key to when, you know, I lay down, uh, they've got an electronic or a frequency that's going off that uh, puts me into a, a quick sleep. I'm not on my pillow very long before I fall asleep. And it even hits me before I, get ready for bed uh, but as soon as that starts uh, I fall asleep and then uh, you know the dreams start and after each dream cycle I wake up and I have a little bit of a memory of what transpired or where I was or what I was doing and uh, and at that point then I I know that, you know, I'm uh, being accessed and uh, because these aren't my dreams. They're, they're synthetic. Somebody else is making them. Are they being engineered in order to cover for what's actually happening when you're being transported to that clone body? Yeah. Um, the uh, There's a movie out with uh, um, that's called Inception. And in that movie, what they do is they uh, they put somebody to to sleep, and then they uh, give him dreams, and they have an architect that uh, sets up the buildings, the landscape, and uh, what they're trying to accomplish is that they want to get into his safe. They want to see what he has in his safe. So they provide all these mechanisms for him to buy into it, the uh, dreamscape and so on. And it's his subconscious, so he doesn't have access. He doesn't have control over what he's doing, but they'll get him to get into a safe. And all they have to do is create a safe in that dreamscape and he'll tell them what he puts in that safe. And this is how what they're doing. They're making their millions by creating that sort of thing. So this is, uh, that is indeed what part of what's going on. Elena, do you have any uh, idea as to the mechanics behind hijacking one's astral body or their soul or whatever you want to call it during REM and transporting it to... If in fact, if we can use that terminology, transporting it, I mean, uh, as you point out in the book, we're living in this holographic universe. Is there really such a thing as location? Uh, but uh, how is it done? 
Well, that's it, it's it's a frequency world now. I mean, it, it always has been. Frequency is hugely important. We use words like vibration. We use now the word pulsing because most of this electromagnetic technology that we're now uh, completely uh, buried in uh, is uh, it, the power of it is the pulsing because uh, human beings are resonant beings. Uh, that's one of our beauties, one of our strengths is we, well, this whole blood, bone, brain system uh, resonates with the world, resonates uh, with the, a crush we have on someone in third grade, uh, resonates uh, if we see a beautiful horse running. Uh, and so if they can control the resonance factor of what we're experiencing, see where I'm going with this, then they will control us. That's that's the beauty and and the um, the danger of being a resonant uh, being. I mean, as the Chinese say, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. We have this great ability to resonate with the arts, with fantastic music by Chopin. Uh, we can do this, but uh, but on the other hand, they can too. They can too. And so uh, I believe this is all about transhumanism and Ron and I are pretty much on the same page with this is that there all this MK Ultra, the, the, the extent from 1953 to right now, where they're, they're moving to the transhuman model, to the cyborg model, and they can do it through the brain. When they say that we will all be living on the internet uh, as a singularity event, are they talking about physically we're going to live on the internet or mentally, spiritually? I mean, you can't say the word mentally without thinking spiritual, but Americans do it all the time. So uh, they're, they're taking us through frequency and pulsing, and they're moving us into the internet where they will then manipulate us. And Ron, I believe that most MKUltra survivors uh, that have made it this far. I mean, it's very rare that they're still accessing and using someone of Ron's age. Uh, at least that's what I've thought in the past, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Uh, but they are using these people as um, as experiments in order to do all of us. Well, and part of that is for the uh, sentient world simulator. That's right. A uh, Pentagon. Uh, project, and it's going to end up being the brain that they download into people in 2030 is what they're talking, uh, but the, uh, targeted individuals, MKUltra, what they're doing is they're uh, taking data and plugging it in, uh, and the sentient world simulator is uh, a virtual planet uh, with all the people on it and all the people will have their avatars there's uh games video games that you can join in you know you might have a sword or a, a um, elizabethan theme or something like that but it's basically the same thing they're creating these uh uh avatars using the information that they're getting from uh, people, and it'll be exact. They're uh, 
part of what they're doing in these dreams isn't just fantasy or uh, sexualizing or whatever, but they're uh, getting information from me. I'm seeing a lot of my past played out. And so they're going to feed the uh, SWS with all that information. So I, you know, at one point somebody said something about a river of information because they've been doing it for so long for me that they've pretty much got, you know, what they need, uh, you know, but they keep pulling more. So is there any escape? Say it again. Is there an escape for you? Is there a way to escape this? Um, well, um, all I can do at this point is try to alert others as to uh, what I see going on, with hearing other people talking about what I'm going through and making sure that the information is uh, out there. I don't see uh, a uh, stop to what's going on. There hasn't been any. It's constant. You're being accessed every night. And during the day. You know, I can hear a change in uh, tinnitus in the tone when, uh, you know, I think something because these thoughts that I have, you know, there's no privacy in here. The thoughts are being uh, recorded as well, uh, not just the dreams, but. Any fear I'll that, any fear that by, by, by publishing this book and by speaking out that you're going to exacerbate whatever oh yeah, oh, yeah. no it, it has but that uh for me that's uh that comes with the whole game uh i have uh you know a lot of admiration for everybody that's being whistleblowers and, and uh trying to get to the bottom of this because things are going real bad right now and it's uh increasing at uh breakneck speed and um you know william tom tompkins uh who wrote a, a book on uh you know working with uh different um uh, of the uh defense uh industry and and making ships and whatever going off planet. Um, he, uh, he told me, you know, you just have to get it out there. You really do. Uh, because we're not going to be, nobody's going to be able to figure this out and get it, uh, you know, have an opportunity to affect change unless everybody that is experiencing these different things uh, gets the news out. Elena, are we any closer to figuring out who's responsible and how we stop him? Well, I mean, I, I, of course, blame everything on the CIA because the CIA is not at all what it pre pre presents itself as. And then you have the military where there seem to be good military and bad military. But in Ron's case, where it's the Navy, a Navy father, that is that is across the board the way it usually is with MKUltra and much many of the targeted individuals. So we know these are institutions 
And, you know, when you have institutions running things, who are you going to hold responsible? Uh, how are you going to prove that? I mean, th that's that's the problem. I, I mean, I can name a whole raft of organizations like Lockheed Martin, uh, Raytheon, uh, L3, you know, all the, all the defense contractors, they're all involved in this. Uh, and they know that the top brass, not the, not the working guy, uh, but uh, how do you hold, I think that's one of the great themes of this era of ours is how do you hold institutions responsible? I haven't seen any institutions made responsible. Have you? I haven't seen any. Ron, final word from you. What do you say to people who, who say, this is just too fantastical, too horrible to believe? Uh, well, I have an open mind and uh, try to get more of a base of information. Uh, there's a lot of things that are out there that are available. Uh, you know, we've told you about a couple here with the uh, Donald Marshall and uh, you know, then looking into MKUltra and seeing the different programs, uh, there were sub programs that were under there. Uh, and, you know, slowly but surely, people are starting to wake up that are starting to come around. Uh, we've been led into the slaughterhouse, and now we've got to find our way out. 21st century MK Ultra slave. Ron Allen and uh, Elena Freeland, thank you so much, both of you. Thanks, Richard, for inviting us. Appreciate it. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe at strangeplanetpodcast.com.